0: Welcome to the whole being series. Join me, your host, Warren Williams. I would like to thank you for being here and being present. Welcome to my portal, where we dive deep into everything from gut health, to spirituality, to functional movement and childhood trauma. Nothing is left off the table. Join me as I interview guests that include my students, my peers, and some of the great thought leaders in the world. No muzzles, nothing watered down. just authentic expression with no sensor. Hey guys, welcome once again to the Whole Being series. So today I'm really excited. I always say that I know, <laughs> but I'm always excited to do this work. Um, so anyway, this episode number 37. Um is dear to my heart because um it's with one of my childhood friends, um person that goes by the name of Dr. Amon, And um I've known him most of my life, you know. Um we grew up um around the same area in Harlesden, northwest London. And um, you know, we started martial arts pretty much at the same time. I started martial arts, I think two years before him. And, um, you know, we've been doing martial arts for, you know, 30 years. And, you know, I've known him for, you know, more than 30 years. And he's been a great friend. We've gone through so many schools together, uh, certain spiritual schools. We've done martial arts. I trained at his gym. We um, did filming together. Um, we experienced, <clears throat> we won't go through it on this episode. But hopefully I'll get him on another one, Um, and we'll talk about that. But we experienced some amazing spiritual um, events, I should say, events over the last, over probably about a 10-year period. We had a powerful, magical 10-year period. Um, We trained together a lot in martial arts. We did meditative practices a lot together. And um, he moved to America, I didn't even realize, but about almost 20 years ago now and um so we still see each other now and again whenever he comes back to the UK and just an amazing guy he's grown his business in a phenomenal way um and he's you know he's really into his food and his nutrition and so t- today's episode we really go into how he built his business um, the importance of um, electric foods and green green foods, alkaline foods, and the way he lives his life, the way he grows his business, and his perspective on the black community as well, because that's something that obviously is both, you know, dear to both of our hearts because, you know, we come from those origins, and so he shares his insights on that as well. And, yeah, we, you know, we're talking about martial arts and training and just really... An overview of how he's built his business to where it is right now in the wellness field. So, hope you enjoy this episode, and I'll see you on the other side. Peace. All right, guys, welcome to the Whole Being series. So, again, as you know, I always try to bring guests on that will inspire. Kind of motivate you and give you a different insight into health in different ways and so i'm kind of bringing in my brother from another mother and that is so apt for us because we've grown up and known each other for for, i don't know 30 plus years and um we you know we did martial arts together and but you know i don't want to spoil it i want to kind of get um my brother here to kind of introduce himself and talk about his background so i can get you guys to kind of see the people that I bring on walk the path authentic leaders teachers and guides as opposed to everything else that we're seeing in in the saturated market right now so I want to welcome my brother Dr Um, Amon and kind of I want you to just kind of talk about your name
1: why you use it and kind of what you do right now and then we'll go back into your background okay so my actual birth name is Martin Benjamin and it's a.k.a. Dr. Amun. And the name Amun mm. actually came from a, uh, a old Egyptian deity, as you know, right? What well, means hidden, mystery. But some of the root name of Amun comes from Yamin, or Yamin meaning faithful, like Amin at the end, which my last name, Benjamin, is Ben Yamin yeah. in Hebrew and Benjamin in Arabic. Okay, so... Me choosing that what well, I was still keeping not just uh cultural rooted but also my birthright. Right. I felt like it was my birthright because I was born with the name within the name. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So when um you know as a username and that, I was like, Yeah, Dr. Amun. So
2: mm. a
1: lot of that's how that came about, you mm. know, through the and then also part of the order that we were part of the ancient mm. uh Egyptian order that was fitted that was given to us because as you said in the beginning we have grown up with each other we've traveled many paths together side by side from Mm. religion to martial arts and even even now with health yeah you know even though we're 6,500 miles away across the Atlantic Ocean I still feel like we're side by side you Mm. know with a lot of ideology and things that are just together that sinks together
0: Mm-hmm. yeah i love that yeah it's true like you said it's almost like sometimes our parents instinctively get the name right even if they don't say the whole thing right exactly connection. right and, and as thing. you
1: were, and you was there as they were saying like wait a second you know a lot of these elders or high spiritual um elders or masters that we had around us mm-hmm. you know they when they actually discovered the name like, oh your name's my bit? wait well, nah because you were there when we yeah, when yeah. we took our shot and we was and the name i was given and then they realized my government name after it was like that's your, that that's your name that's your seal yeah and yeah in our old african religion your name was your seal you remember yeah. you had like a, a public name and then you had the seal name that that yeah. was like yeah. your hidden name or the yeah. seal that you had in yeah. a lot of those african religions so it was almost like i went through that transition and then I got my real name that it should be. So mm. that's the history of how I'm going yeah, to put
2: things
1: Yeah, you know? that's good. Because
0: as you, know, as you know, like in today's society where people, especially in, in the black culture, just picking names that sound good, but there's no energetic connection to you and that name.
2: Right, you know, historical
0: exactly. Yeah. So it's good that you were able to break that down. Because some, obviously some people would just see you online and say, oh, you just picked a name because it sounded good. You wanted it to sound deep or something, yeah. <laughs> but you've got history with the name. So that's cool. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that. So before we kind of get into the rest of the journey here, um let's go back and just talk about you know how you kind of started on this path of help. Obviously, you started with martial arts. Can okay, let's get
1: oh man, so the martial arts, I mean you were there, okay um you were in karate, and I took up a start well, I, mean, I could even go back further than that <laughs> <I don't> with <know laughs> remember that story. But um, no, basically, when I, when I got introduced to um, a Kung Fu style called Laogar, which mm. was a Southern style, um, came from the same root as Wing Chun and that. And um, all they did was combine a lot of hand movement from Wing Chun. And then the Northern, the northern side of China, their, their Kung Fu style was more legs, high kicks, the mm. Northern leg. So what mm. Gar, or known as Hogar or Hougar, they basically combine the two with the hand movements and high kicks and going through martial arts. I think we had a different perspective. We wasn't just there to do the tournament fighting and the high kicks and looking good, even though we did demonstrate those things Mm. every day growing up around the area and in tournaments, Mm. you know, and how many fights did we have? Like 180 fights or something like that. I know
0: my record was 215 fights. I remember.
1: Yeah. It was incredible. I mean, incredible and boy anyway we could go into that yeah we'd love to do
0: a podcast one day where we just talk about martial arts
1: but the other side of it was always always there about the spiritual side the healing side the pressure points Mm. you know the the um the the more traditional spiritual and traditional of martial arts that wasn't displayed you know we was always talking about that that's why we took pride in doing our sets and doing our meditation and um, our breathing techniques and the conditioning and eating right, you know. Um he used to punch trees. We, yeah. Remember I mean, the makawara boards? The <laughs> <macawara> <laughs> board, <laughs> the trees, the rope around the trees. Yeah, hey, yeah. hey! I'm going to say this live on your podcast, man. We was the first top boys in adulthood, yeah? Raging Harsden yeah. set the mode before yeah. any of those movies came out. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Raging yeah. Harsden. No, Raging Harsden, man. That was legend. But, mm. no, but, On a serious note, there was the martial art aspect that definitely opened my mind. But I also had my mom and on her side, she has doctors and nurses going through all her family. Her mom was a midwife. And then on my grandma's side, she is like a herbalist, you know, a traditional Mm. West Indian woman. Everything was bush, bush tea this, bush tea that. So I had like a, a conventional allopathic side of medicine and a botanic or herbal side of medicine blended in with the martial arts. And then I had you always saying, you're a healer, man. You're a healer. Your hand's always hot. Your hand's always Mm. hot. You're a healer. You're a healer. You know, so I had everything. I can't tell the story without talking about you and your input and your influence, you know, because it was like there was main influences in my life from my mom, my grandma, martial arts and Mr. Williams. You know what I mean? And a, and a combination of all of those things really appelled me for like, all right, I need to take this to see what I really can do, you know, and how I really felt. And that was my journey to start saying, right, I'm going into medicine. And, mm-hmm. I, was, and I really went into like King's College and I started to enroll there to do physiology. Right. And dropped out of that. I, I had a bit of a conflict. I was young. I was We still rebel. do that in the UK. That was in the UK, okay. but I I I dropped out and I, I was a bit of a rebel. So I, I was like having conflict with what we was studying with the organization, as you know, and doing that at the same time. Okay. was a bit of a okay. conflict. And then it it took me to the point where I said, okay, I needed to travel. And before I actually made that step to the US, which was in '99, I was going back and forth. But Of course, of dropping out, you know, my mom was disappointed. My dad, a number of members of the family was disappointed. But I felt that I was on a personal journey that something, I needed something inside. I needed something to fulfill. A lot of the things that we were dealing with was a lot of spirituality, you know, the meditation and that. But I needed something else to channel my thoughts and my ideologies through. And I, I, I needed to find a vessel to use that. And um, I went to Morocco and... Wow, um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I went to Morocco, I went to Marrakesh. Um, I went to Muscat. I went to Oman. And then I went to South America, where I went into Mexico, Central America, Honduras, Belize. I then traveled... Did you meet Dr. Sabia at all? Yep, and I was okay. going to that. Then I went okay. to um, the Caribbean. I went to Jamaica, Grenada... And and at these points, I was just sitting down, talking to the elders, sitting down, just, you know, learning how their culture and how they cultivated themselves. How did they deal with illnesses? Right. How did they deal with it? Because a lot of these countries Mm. I went to were like stroke, third world countries, certain parts of them, I should say. Then in 97, when I first went to the United States, um, I went back again in 80, in 89, 80, no, 98, sorry. And then eventually I made the full, um, transition over in 99. And when I was there, that's when I ran into Dr. Sabi. I actually ran into his daughter first, Kelly. And right. she, thought, she thought she knew me. She was with a, another young lady called Lily and they actually thought they knew me mm. and, um, they came actually talking to me like they knew me like, hey, I've and I was like, I, I'm I'm not who you think I am. I'm sorry. And then they hear the accent and they were like, oh my god, you're from London? Where? What's going on? And I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, just over here. I'm I'm setting up because you know we were moving over there to America for different reasons. And um, Doctor Sebi, she said, well, my dad. You know, we got talking and about health, and I was telling her about my background and how I felt a little lost at this point. Mm. and um, she was like saying oh my God you know my dad is Dr. Sabi." I was like get out of here she was mm. like yeah now back then it was like Dr. Sabi was like mm. Jesus right G- I was about to say Jesus <laughs> black man of healing for black people yeah. it was like whoa she goes did you want to meet him I was dumbfounded, and you know me I love to talk so mm. for me to be speechless you know it has to take a lot mm. I then said absolutely and she said well come and she brought me to his room. Like I thought she was because he was doing a seminar mm. at the Western Hotel in College Park, just down the road from Hartford's uh, airport in Atlanta. So I, I went there and attended, and I thought I was just gonna meet him maybe like after the, you know, he does his lecture yeah. and I just have a like a, a brief like you know interview like yeah. here, boom, introduction and etc. Mm. But no, she brought me up to his hotel room. Mm. So I went into his hotel room and I was like, "Wow!" I was sitting down, face to face with the man, and he thought he knew me. He started speaking Spanish, right? (laughs) Someone from Honduras. So I was like, "No, man, I'm from London," (laughs) you know. And we had London, mate. Right, and we had a very interesting conversation. And I told him about some of my challenges that I was having with the conventional medicine. To the herbal medicine, right? And just having like a holistic attitude. Now, Dr. Sebi was all about alkaline and electric mm-hmm. and natural and holistic way of life and food. So he totally understood and he gave me some pointers and then he actually brought me under his wing wow. where I was actually doing a lot of uh, studying underneath him and he actually um, made me one of his um, affiliates. So I was okay. selling... A lot mm-hmm. of these products mm-hmm. in Atlanta, and that which was which was great. And then I met the rest of his family and his wives, and that relationship went on for years. Mm-hmm. You know, went on for years. We'd be on the phone talking, mm-hmm. conversing. I mean, even up to him dying. Um, around two months before he got arrested, he was on the phone with me, mm-hmm. and we were talking, and he was trying to locate his daughter Kelly, the one who actually right. made the introduction. Yeah, the introduction. Yeah. yeah and that so that was very sad how that um, unfolded with Dr. Mm. Sadie and his legacy and everything else you know but it really pointed me into the right direction Mm. so I said right and I took up herbal medicine so right now i 'm a professional herbalist under the Herbal Academy in Massachusetts, oh, right? right, and i 'm going to be going for my next to become a master registered herbalist in Massachusetts as well as georgia right and um, But let me go back a little bit with that meeting and schooling with Dr. Saby, it really got me into like, you know what i don 't want to just sell his products, I want to do my own products. Mm. And that's where I took my education that I had from what I learned in England and brought it over and mixed it. Now, as you know, physiology has got nothing to do with herbal medicine. Mm. Physiology has nothing to do with um, nutrition, you know. Um, But I found a way to, like, blend them and merge them together, right? Because it's like, okay, how do we now have these organs and these vital organs how can we support them how can we enhance them to detoxify correctly for them to operate correctly you know and um i started to really go into the herbal supplements the the nutritional side and i had a phrase of saying food is our medicine and a diet is our prescription mm. right so a lot of people's like well, what do you mean by that and i was mm. saying well you know 90% of the causes of our illness and health conditions or health challenges is led down to poor diet, poor nutrition, right? So if the food is our medicine and we learn what to eat, but then now we have to understand servings, portions, preparations and everything. So that's the prescription. So that was like my little thing, mm-hmm. And um, I started, you know, putting together these, these elixirs and decoctions and infusions and at that point I was just really just, you know, like 20 bucks, 30 bucks here, 20 bucks here, you know, and people were coming back like, oh my God, like, you know, this is great. And I started to have the name Amun, you know, already. And there was just guys that saying, yo, man, that's Dr. Amun, man, because he's with Dr. savy so he's Dr. Mm-hmm. Amun. And that's right. how that kind of started <laughs> oh, okay. circulating and mm-hmm. going around Atlanta, like, yo, that guy. And... It was really bad. I mean, not bad, but it was like embarrassing at one point because I remember being in a health store, getting some herbs, Mm. and this young man came in. He's like, yo, this guy's the truth. And Americans are very loud, very animated. You Mm. know Mm. what I mean? I mean, I'm very loud, as you know. You grew up Mm. with me. So for me to say someone's louder than me, then they have to Mm. be extra loud. Mm. And they were like, yo, this this is the guy. And at this point, it was just a mom and pops operation working out of the kitchen, out of the garage and just putting these things together, but seeing some great results and tying in the nutrition, like telling people, like, you know, let go of the junk food, the deep fried food, processed food, you know, stop eating this type of meat, um, fish, you know, get more into your greens, your fruits, your vegetables. And then, of course, I was also doing in the park um, training martial arts, which is my first passion. So I was training in martial arts, but obviously I couldn't give them what we used to do, you know, the punching and kicking and backfitting. I had to do something mm. a little bit more passionate okay. and what I call medical Qigong, right? Taking the Tai Chi and the Qigong okay. and letting them utilize the meridian system, you know, breathing and then teaching them that martial arts was actually for health. Exercise is actually for health. It's not about losing weight, getting muscles and everything. It's about being healthy, correct posture, good circulation, energy flow, et cetera. So it then just started to really build. It started to catapult. It really started to build.
0: Mm. Wow. How? Because um, obviously that's that's making my job easy because I don't even have to ask the questions. <laughs> you just go through it anyway. Because um, I was actually going to ask how you set up a business. So you're kind of touching on that. So you got to a point where, because obviously where you are now is, is completely different to where you were then. So you, see, oh, yeah. you spoke about setting up your own concoctions. Now, were you putting these together based on formulations from Dr. Sabin you just kind of tweaked it or were you kind of figuring out your own things and then doing that?
1: Excellent question. So I initially started off like that, right? But then I was finding it very hard to get some of the herbs that Dr. Sabin recommended. They wasn't just your natural herbs. And then on the side note, when I started to take up courses on herbalism and herbal medicine, and botanical medicine, I started finding out different techniques of formulation, right? Um, from teachers and infusions and uh, decoctions and uh, glycerides, and, you know, d- using different forms of extraction from alcohol, steam and raw extractions. And, you know, I was like, okay. And, you know, learning the, the, the constituents of, um, uh, a plant, and I'll tell you, for example, like when people say burdock, so the medicinal properties of burdock from the root to the leaf is totally different.
2: Okay. So
1: if I'm if I if I want something for my blood and even iron and as a nourish tonic, I want to I want that burdock root, I want the root. But if I necessary if I want something now to help with my uh, liver and circulation, um, clearing out maybe like you know mucus or inflammation around I'm going to want that leaf the leaf is going to help me and assist me so making the distinction of just looking at a plant and Mm. knowing the stem the root to the leaf Mm. have different medicinal properties I was like all right let me let me get into like this so Mm. that's how I started to drift away from Dr. Savi's thing and doing my own and making my own teachers and Mm. elixirs and that and um once i started finding different formulas to to do it better i was just i was knee deep so everything i was learning at at the school at the same time Mm. i was applying to my business Mm. and um and then i saw better results right so then i opened up like it was brought to me like, why don't you do consultations? You know, you're a very nice guy, you're a people's person. You got a lot of information to share, do some consultations. So I started doing consultations and then that just made this another side of my business even expand even more because now people were signing up for consultations. And then that way, I mean, I always, I always stop by communicate and keep in communication with your physician. Right. Um, I understand there's a stigma around your, your gynecologists and, you know, conventional doctors. But at the end of the day, you and I know the amount of studying that has gone into that. What they've mm. gone through, med school, the residency. Yeah, seven years studying. So, you know, you, 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 you've got to give them props. Regardless if you don't agree with their philosophy and their ideology, you know, it's like boxing, Right when you actually did boxing training, and I did boxing training, I was actually Golden Gloves and uh, mm. Georgia State champion as well. Mm, <laughs> when I actually went mm. through boxing training and boxing <laughs> camp, I tell you, listen, my brother, we have been through training. We both know we've been through training, but that, that intensity, that conditioning, it was something else. So even when I watch boxers today, right, and I see them maybe getting knocked out in the first round or in the first Two or three rounds. I gotta disrespect that individual because I know what he's been through. Mm-hmm. I know the kind of training and, and obviously it's more intensified because they're professional, they're finding, you know, for a, a, a much more, you know, bigger prize and well title and money, et cetera. So I had a different level and a different perspective of wow. That guy's, you know, that guy is, <laughs> that guy went through that guy went through some serious training. We used to watch Friday night on ESPN Friday night. Friday night fights. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we used to sit down and man, I remember you introduced me to Roy Jones for the first time. That kid I can not remember
2: this.
1: But we never appreciated the amount of work and sacrifice that they had to go through. So just mm. to bring it back around and not get off the point. It's the same way that even though I don't agree with some of these physicians and the way how they handle and show lack of empathy to some of their patients, I still understand the hard work they had to go through to get to that position. Mm. So I always used to say to the clients that I did consultations with, let's keep in mind or let's keep on par with your physician and what medicine or medication you might be on at that time. So I could, you know, work with that and I'm telling you, I built up some great relationships with these physicians because the patients oh, okay, saw great improvements. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. went back to the doctors and they actually said, listen, man, you know, I don't need to have my high blood pressure medication. I might be on three types of medication. I'm down to one now. You know, I don't need insulin no more for my diabetes type 2. So obviously the physician's like, well, what the hell have you done? With it Man, I've been over here with this guy. Some mm-hmm. of them like, well, let me speak to him. So I've been on the phone yeah. with some of them and they're like, Yo, let's work together. Mm. So I started building up bridge relationships like relationships. that. Yeah, that's great. And, and, and they they would actually send some of their patients to me. Like, listen, cool. man, can you get these guys off insulin? Can you get them? And I was like, Yeah, let, let's try. And mm. don't get me wrong, not everyone was a successful story, you mm. know, because I'd be lying if I if I if I was on this podcast and saying that. But I would say around 75% to 80% of them mm. were. Mm. You know, and it, it, it was it was great.
3: Hey, guys, it's Josh here, the owner of Ape Nutrition. I'm here today to share with you the importance of including organ meat in your diet. Organ meat is the most nutrient dense food in the world. Eating just 100 grams of beef liver meets your recommended daily allowance of vitamins B2, B5, B7, which is commonly known as biotin and B12, as well as the mineral copper. I'm just going to spotlight one of these nutrients for now and that's B12, which is really important for methylation and energy production and is why lots of people report feeling more energy, clarity and well-being when they start to include organ meat in their diet. 100 grams of beef liver also gets you over half the way towards the RDA for vitamins A, B3, B6, B9, as well as the minerals phosphorus, selenium and iron. At Ape, we appreciate that not everyone loves the taste of organ meat or can't always find a truly grass-fed and finished source. To help you easily include organs in your diet, we created our nose-to-tail line. We freeze-dry and powder organ meat from regenerative, grass-fed cattle and encapsulate it so it's really easy to consume with no flavor whilst preserving the nutrients. Our range contains a wide variety of organs such as liver, heart, kidney, pancreas and testicle, And we've also started to branch out into some other nutrient-packed animal foods like oysters and colostrum. If you'd like to find out more, our website is apenutrition.co.uk. Or if you'd like to speak to me directly, send me a message through Instagram at ape underscore nutrition. We've also got a discount code set up for you as Warren's audience. It's ALCHEMY10. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the podcast.
0: So, I mean, that's, that's amazing. I love that. I mean, I agree with you. They go for medical school seven years, they have a lot of study. And unfortunately, um, the amount of time that, because of the way the system is set up, the amount of time that they can dedicate to a client is typically about three and a half to five minutes. So because of that, they can't investigate to the level that we can, when we see far less people and have far more time to be able to see them, we can do greater work because we get more involved in the process. Whereas because of the way most people are dependent on their doctors and don't take ownership, they have to see more people and right. so in that their process is such that they have to almost be desensitized get people in get people out and so right. they just can't be as thorough as us but given a chance yeah they can do great work it's just the system's not set up
1: exactly a good way
0: that they can do that so i mean this is fascinating the stuff that you're talking about with the business because even though i've known you for for years and years and years a lot of this stuff i didn't know um right that you did and i love what you're talking about with because i didn't know this i mean I, you know i i obviously I'm in the same sort of field of wellness and trying to get people healthy. And I do recommend people to take specific herbs, but just what you broke down about the difference between the, the root and the flowers and how you can have differentiation of the properties and how you can use that. It's news to me. I didn't know about that. So that's amazing. So obviously that's your speciality and that's why you'd know far more about that than me. So that's really cool. Um, so then kind of just circle back to, cause I think this is really inspiring for people um, as well to you know, set up your own business. Um, and where is it at today with regards to your business in terms of um, like, obviously, you don't need to do anything else other than, you know, you don't need to have a second job or anything. So, how did you kind of get to this point now where your business is able to sustain you financially and
1: you're able to afford right. the, the better things in life and stuff? So, <laughs> the better thing I know like where you dropped. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm. Um, so I've worked with various people, you know, Aki, you know, she yeah. was there from the beginning. She had a very strong influence and uh, her crowd. And, you know, I used to go there speaking at her retreats and that within Atlanta, Atlanta is a very small city. So it was no time at all before, you know, my name was started to echo around the place mm. and Before I go into that, I just want to cover this part here about how that came about as well. What I realized when I was working with a lot of these physicians and they were sending patients, obviously it was predominantly Black, right? Now, we're open to help everybody, but we understand within our Black community, Mm. we're at the top of the list in the metriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome, uh, uterine fibroids, high blood pressure, diabetes type two, obesity. I mean, the list just, just mm. keeps going on. And those were the ones coming in. But a lot of the women that I was speaking with them and they will come and get the ultra scans or the MRIs and they will be bringing their medical records to me was noticing uterine fibroids, uterine fibroids, uterine fibroids, uterine mm. fibroids. So um, once I started to change their lifestyle, make a formula, a herbal medicine to um, attach that, what actually took place is that they would go back six months later and the other, the fibroids would be totally eliminated or shrunk tremendously, mm-hmm. right? That was like, wow, you know, they 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 sunk from the rooftops, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of these things were causing, like, Heavy cycles, heavy menstrual cycles, um, interfering with infertility, preventing them from having children and you know, seized etc. So it was like wow. That changes,
2: yeah.
1: And I mean, even these gynecologists, these female gynecologists actually went on my program as well. they actually came on the program. Mm -hmm. This news went out and it reached to this young lady called Jesse Thompson, Mm -hmm. and um. She already had her own story of fighting uterine fibroids mm. and um, having a child through the IVF program. Mm. And then she was like, you've got to meet this brother, man. He's doing great things in Atlanta, naturally, holistically, you know, of eliminating and shrinking fibroids. So we got talking and then we formed a, a relationship and then a partnership. And she started putting us on platforms. Like the Breakfast Club, mm. Way, Roland Martin, and you know, sorry, that's a puppy at the background there.
2: Okay.
1: Could, <laughs> just, um, we started uh, going on these uh, platforms, and you know, we, we bring like clients so that they could come and tell their testimonials on there as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, it was, it, it, it then catapulted me, right? Because now I'm on platforms like The Breakfast Club, and I'm not sure if you know about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know how huge that is. So they um, they had us, I think I've been on there like nine times, eight or nine times now. You know, I'm up there with Kevin Hart. Right? right. But that really brought an influx of not just exposure, but also clientele, Mm. celebrity clientele right um just normal clientele i mean it took off so mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of uh i had to get a bigger facility there was no longer working in the house and the basement or the garage i had mm-hmm. to go and get a facility which i have now which is over like uh 3200 square feet upstairs wow. and downstairs wow. you know um, i had to build out the lab the, the wash, the wet room, as they call it, the herbal room, the storage oh, room. Wow, wow. You know, I'll send you a video, I got the whole mm.
2: thing
1: done. Um, and it just kept growing and growing and growing to where we are now. And of course, I think the transparency that we had, um, the results that we're getting, um, the education that we give, the communication, the the, the actual feeling of contact, like. You know, like these people really care, the support
2: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. in place, right? I think all of those elements together mm. has really formulated and helped to catapult our company, mm. me as a brand, me as an individual. Mm. Um, and, it. you know, I'm real. I'm just like you. You know, we, we're just real people. The mm. thing about us, we, we don't, you know, listen. No smoke and mirrors. From Shilamo, from right? Mm. Bless it. So um, mm. he used to say, you know, money don't change you; it just brings out the real you. Yeah, yeah. And I would like to think that the real me is what I've just described.
2: Mm.
1: Mm. Because, yeah, you know, brother got money; brother mm. <laughs> getting paid. Mm. But I am still the same. Mm. Well, not exactly same, Martin Benjamin. But I'm just still the real person. Like mm. the, the, the one of the things I I love that I did also. What we myself and Jesse did through the pandemic, and that we um we gave a lot of free supplements and consultations mm-hmm. and that out for people that were going mm-hmm. through the pandemic mm-hmm. and obviously they were finding it very hard. It was a very stressful yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We made ourselves available for free mm-hmm. and sent medicine out to people mm-hmm. to assist and help them for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they love that. And this is I, I always say to people, I would love to do it for free because it's something I love. This is this is something that we was in your sitting room stretching and meditating and mm. foreseeing what we wanted to do with our lives.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's passion, but love. Unfortunately, you know, the herbs cost money, the materials cost money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There has to be an equal exchange. It has to be an equal exchange, exactly. Yeah. But I found that once we tackled that and it became... A wave, a tidal wave, like I said, of, you know, like PCOS, infertility, endometriosis, you know, mm. uterine fibroids, PCOS. And it, was, it just kept coming, doo-doo-doo, doo-doo-doo-doo, 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 like a tidal wave. So it's like female reproduction. And that mm. just guided me. And I had to focus on that. However, my first ever client, my first, first proper ever client was my father
0: oh and, wow like, he is disease.
1: looking really healthy man i must say right. like i see him every so often right he was diagnosed in the early 2000s around 2003 2004 i got the phone call my mom was crying he was keeled over on the floor in scrutinating pain wow. and you know with black men we don't talk yeah yeah yeah,
2: yeah.
1: we don't we feel embarrassed we feel ashamed and um he was diagnosed with prostate cancer stage mm. one
2: mm.
1: So I was like, whoa, on the plane, you know, Mm -hmm. came down and um, I just had to strip his diet. Mm -hmm. I made him, I made him, I I put together a formula of a concoction Mm -hmm. for him. He started taking it and I stayed there as much and I kept him on it every day. I went, even when I had to come back to America, I was phoning him every day, every day. day, day. My mom was on him and everything. Mm -hmm. Eight months later, he went back. And there was no trace of the cancer and his PSA levels were down. His prostate was reduced mm-hmm. and his doctor just said to him, whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. Do it's it. worth it. I, mean, I don't want to give you the medication and the cause of side effects, you mm-hmm. know, but whatever you just done, Mr. Ben, and he's just lived that way. I mean, he's not as restricted as he was before, but he mm-hmm. keeps to it as best as he can. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. He said, he, You know, He's, he's in his seventies and he, he's looking
0: young. Yeah, I saw, I saw him. I didn't know all that, you know, that's, that's amazing. I mean, uh, before I even talk about what I said, let's just take a moment and celebrate that. Cause that was, that's yeah. amazing, man. Like I'm inspired as I hear you talking about that. Cause yeah. so that, people, that was my
1: real first yeah. client. If I'm yeah. really on, that was my yeah. first, first ever client. And that's death.
0: the hardest client as well, because you're emotionally Absolutely. connected to their situation. Yep. And also, as we both know, and I say this all the time, um, our our family are the ones that typically don't listen to us. They would typically listen to people they don't know rather than the people that they do know. Um, so that's the hardest climb. And the fact that you did that is, you know, just set you up for the rest of your life where, you know, yeah. I can help my loved ones. I can help anyone that I don't love <laughs> as well because it's no emotional impact. Exactly. That's emotionally vested. That's amazing, man. I, I love this story. You know, I'm so glad we're, we're doing this because this is really inspiring, man. So <clears throat> I want to just kind of Oh, so yes. So anyway, I saw him recently, um, probably about four or five months ago, um, obviously, because he lives near my mum's house. And yeah, he, I was like, wow, you look, you look so vibrant and healthy. Man. Yeah. So, yeah, so cool. So obviously, it's a testament to the foundation that you set for him.
1: Yeah, he, and, he, and, he, and he sticks to it, man. He mm. sticks to it. You know, he does. He yeah. sticks. Yeah. So, we talk, you know, obviously, you've spoke, spoken about a, a few different things
0: that all affect um, uterine health. So I was just going to talk about, because um, you, again, you're answering these questions before I even get a chance to ask them. So that's brilliant. Um, <laughs> black women. Um, so two part question, because you've already touched on the black black side of things, um, but why um, focus, you've kind of already asked, asked, answered this, but why focus on black women, but then more importantly now, because you've kind of addressed that. Why do you feel that, um, black women tend to have so much challenges with 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 fibroids and um, endometriosis and all of the things that are affecting them from a, a um, not even a hormonal point of view, but from a um, uh, what's the word? Um,
1: reproductive point of view. Yeah. Okay. All right. So there are two theories out there, um, and one to me is totally pseudo because there's no scientific data behind it. And that is Black women metabolize different. Black women are more sensitive to uh, a hormone called estrogen, right? And um, that's, that's, that's that theory there. Now, if there's scientific data to support that, then I'm all for it, you know, but there hasn't been. It's just been something that's been echoed throughout the Black community. Right. Black women up um, regulate estrogen at a higher level, right, than white women or any other race of women. So we're going into polymorphism. Right. And how this uh, methylation and hydroxylation takes place with them receiving or ingesting and absorbing estrogen and then how the enzyme aromatase kicks off into aromatization and androgens gets converted into more estrogen and more estrogen. And I mean, when you hear these people talk, it sounds very medically scientifically sound, Mm. but it really is just a string of big words put together with no actual evidence to support it. However, theory two, which is just, I think is the, is the, is the actual fact that we're dealing with. And, It is, when I say racism, I'm talking about racism from um, a social and economical perspective, okay? When you look at, and you've heard this term before called food deserts, right? Food deserts. When you look at where food deserts are located, it's usually in the Black neighborhoods, the urban neighborhoods. Within our Black neighborhoods, we have the lowest resources for education, the lowest resources for medical health. The lowest resources for uh, food, food supply, real food, right? We don't have a Whole Foods, we don't have a Sprouts, right? We have we're overpopulated with fast food joints like Mm -hmm. McDonald's, Burger King, KFCs. Um, Okay, right. So you're going right. We tend to have a culture now. Obviously, being from a Caribbean background and brought up in London you know, it's a total different from a black culture in America. But being over here now for 22 years, I've actually seen how the black culture in America is. And when you look at it and you analyze it, you know, it's a lot of fried food, barbecue food, processed food. And then when they go and see their doctors, now this is, this is really, this is where the racism really comes in. Black women get treated with no empathy. By their, by their OBGYN or the gynecologists, right? I mean, I have been on the phone and I've listened to how they've been treated. Mm-hmm. I have a daughter who's 26 now. When she was, she started her menses around the age of 12 mm-hmm. and she started to have very heavy menses. And she was another client of mine as well, right? Mm-hmm. Suffered with constipation, heavy uh, PMS and et cetera. Cleared that up for mm-hmm. her. But do you know what her OBGYN said to her at 13 years old to regulate her periods and to control the heavy bleeding? He offered her oh, the birth control. Oh, wow. At 13 years old, the birth control pill. Mm-mm. Oh, absolutely, that wasn't going to happen. When a mother told me, I said, yo, get her out of there right now. That ain't happening. Mm. Right? But how many daughters or black teenager girls didn't have a father to do that mm. and was yeah, on that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I could see that people would just And then you you look at the culture. Then Mm. you look at the resources. Then you look at stress. Now, you said something very profound the other day. When you're dealing with hormones, you have a category of them, stress Mm. hormones. Then Mm. you have your uh, repair hormones. And then you have your sexual hormones. Mm. What happened within the Black community? We stay on stress hormones. Mm. We stay at stress. We don't even get to the repair. Mm. and that also contributes to female reproduction issues mm. and disorders mm. right it unbalances the hormones it triggers off too much cortisol as you know cortisol is the number one anti-inflammatory or yeah inflammatory yeah, yeah
2: yeah
1: hormone it's very However, yin and yang, if it keeps going if it's keep elevated mm. what does it do it then affects your blood sugar levels it also affects the blood flow to the gut and it interferes with the conversion of T4 to T3. Mm-hmm. So when I look at these black women and I'm seeing that they're at the top of thyroid of metabolic disorders and metabolic syndromes, they're at the top of the list,
2: mm. whether
1: it's hyper or hypofibrinism,
2: mm.
1: right? It's the lifestyle. It's the culture. It's the, it's the economics. We don't have the, the medication is also, what they get given is at the lowest level. It's, mm. it, you know, they, get, they, don't, they say a thing like this, oh, you've got six fibroids. And this is just me telling you thousands of clients that I've had. You've got six fibroids, four fibroids, size of a pea. Don't worry about it. We'll monitor it. Six months, we'll come back and you know, give you another scan and see where they are. Well, how do you monitor that in six months? Mm. You, haven't told, you haven't addressed the root cause of what's caused it. Okay, the banal tumors, okay, non-cancerous. However, do they cause problems? Absolutely. They come back in six months. These fibroids now are of a triple in size Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and they've got more and the uterus has expanded and it's doubled in size. So now they are saying you can have a myomectomy or a full hysterectomy. Mm
2: -hmm. And they're
1: leaning more to a full hysterectomy.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: At the age of 21, they're telling this young woman, to have her wound removed at the age of 21. Mm-hmm. These, are, these are the disadvantages. These are the things we need to bring to the surface. Yeah, this, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. This is the problem why black women are suffering right. the most. And then the culture <clears throat> that we have, we have to address it because it's not the best of cultures. Mm. You know, yeah, barbecue yeah. chicken, fried chicken, beef yeah, yeah. bread, sodas, Kool-Aid, mm. Mm. you know, chocolate, acid. Ice cream, yeah. dairy. You know, when we start eliminating all of this stuff mm. and then we have a Black woman that has equal opportunity as an Asian, as an Oriental, and as a Caucasian, then we can start doing some clinical trials or clinical studying to see if there's actually something genetically right, right. differently mm. and how estrogen works between all three and all four races yeah let's get yeah, rid yeah, of yeah. some of the, the 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 known factors before we try to use the black and white thing to make money yeah because it sounds good yeah
2: yeah hi guys just
1: wanted to come on and share with you an offer of 10 percent of the phil kathy suan's range um, the products range from body scrubs, to body butters, to facial oil, to face masks. Um, it's a wonderful array of products, um, really fitted and suited for all skincare needs. You know, because our skin's our biggest organ and it protects us for most of our day,
2: or should we say our lives. And you know, we can help protect and maintain
1: this barrier by using wonderful products on our skin. And By using the code ALCHEMY10, this will then give you 10% of any products that pique your interest. And and I would say if you do have any questions about the products, by all means, do reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to answer any of your queries. Okay, thanks very much, guys. Bye.
0: Um, I I remember, um, so it's interesting what you're saying, because I remember reading um, Jewel Pockham's book, Um, years ago when she was taught and she she came from the medical profession as you know and she was referencing that a lot of the studies that they do on women is predominantly white women and then they try to use the same approach that they've studied on a white woman on a black woman without actually studying on a black woman and that's why they don't get the same results and all the medications that they experiment and and create are based on white DNA so how
1: can they help a black person? Right, now you know why we don't have a lot of black people in those clinical trial studies and again it's no fault of our own. We don't volunteer ourselves. We don't trust them. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't trust them. Now, we've got good reason not to trust them. And I think they've done a poor <laughs> job. And I think they've done, pardon my French, I think they've done a piss-poor job in mm. trying to, you know, bridge that gap of distrust amongst yes. us. They mm. they, They have right and the sister joe proclaim i love her but she's gone absolutely bonkers yeah that was years ago
0: and then to your point i remember i saw something about her recent well recently like seven eight years ago i went to a she was in the uk and she did a presentation and i was like okay she's lost it it
1: yeah she's gone absolutely bonkers she you know she's she's put on way. I mean, I sat down with her. So I met her at a young, when she was really vibrant, she just came out of medical school. Yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah.
1: This young black woman, again, she was like a super woman in front of me. Mm. I was there and she held my hand and she, you know, I've had a lot of blessings. Like what you said to me at a young age, it echoed for a lot of people. I've I've heard my hand and said the same things. Mm. Right. And she was one of them. Mm-hmm. Right, so I was like Joel Pilco, oh my god, like you're know, mm-hmm. amazing. Didn't see her for a number of years, number, number of years. Ran into her again in Atlanta. She looked totally different, totally yeah. transformed. Yeah. And then she said she invited me around to her house. Mm-hmm. So I went around to her house and we sat down. And let me tell you, this woman started talking about the gateway. Um, she started talking about how she defeated cancer through some bizarre, some bizarre methods, mm. right? And I realized, yeah, she, she's, she's lost it. Something is uh, not right. The same, uh, the same individual. And yeah, that, yeah, based yeah. off like 10 to 12 years, you know, yeah. just yeah. went wrong. But my whole point is, is that we have these black icons that were in our community the Joel comes the Dr. Sabies, the Dr. Leila Africa's, right? And let's just be honest. If I'm being honest, they all lost their way. Yeah, yeah. If Dr. Sabi was alive today, he would have to retract a lot of his stuff because it just wasn't medical sound. It just had no scientific or medical uh, background to it, to support it, mm-hmm. right? Um, but we have now a new wave a new generation of say mm. and and uh, draw programs and what they're doing. They're very intelligent because they are learning the medical terminologies. So they sound incorrect. And it's only clinical thinkers like myself and you that could sit back and hear this and say, I'll give you an example. One brother the other day was on his live, and he said, yeah, after 10 years of mapping white blood cells, you, what, what, what did you use to map white blood cells? Mm-hmm. How many different variations of white blood cells are there? There's thousands. How did you... So, my question to him would be, well, which blood cells did you map? And what did you use to do the mapping? What mm-hmm. equipment? What, 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 lab, what lab? Because I know you're just a brother that has a house in Detroit. Mm-hmm. So, do you understand? But Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't have these way of thinking, you're going to listen to that and think, wow! Yeah. Yeah. He mapped white blood cells, so he did it for 10 years, so he got to know what he's talking about. Mm, mm. You know, the whole CMOS thing, it's got 92 minerals. Wow. Some, I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of this is just basic chemistry, basic physics, basic biology that you got to listen. But I think us as black people were so desperate for some form of resolutions, for some magic bullet. Yeah, for some form of salvation. Yeah. We're so desperate. And when you're yeah. desperate, you're vulnerable to people's bullshit. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're like we're like talking about a magic bullet, like a magic bullet that solves the problem,
1: yeah. But you've got magic CMOS. It's funny you said that, because oh, you've got to magic CMOS, oh, right? And it just, and I mean, when you hmm. hear these things, ethnic genetic supplements. So now <laughs> I've got a dandelion leaf, and it's going to work different on a black person than it does on a white or oriental. Cause mm. I ethnic formulated it for yeah. black people, especially for right. the for their, for right. their GMO. Yeah. You know, I'm like, just to make money monetizing so during the pandemic, what mm. happened during the pandemic? And this is what I want to address. And I have a team of people mm. that are going to fight this because right. we're fed up of it. We're fed up. It's dangerous. This is, this mm. is not like saying I'm Jesus and I'm a chosen one, or I'm, you know, Bruce Lee incarnated or some crap like that. This is people's health. Mm. This is people's health. This is thousands of dollars that they are scamming from the black community, putting in their pockets, driving around in nice cars, flashing Mm. materialistic stuff, and, you know, then they're hurting, they're causing more damage and harm. Now, Mm. when they turn around and they say, buy this supplement, for 200 or $300, right? And they don't give you full ingredients on it. They're not being fully transparent. But then they're attacking the pharmaceutical world. They're attacking the pharmaceutical world. And I give you a prime example. Over the pandemic with COVID, everything was like, look at that. Look at the, uh, the vaccination. They don't even tell you what's in the vaccination. It hasn't even been approved. It, da, 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 da. Okay. But then if you are taking and selling a product, and you don't give full transparency, who are you to talk?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You're actually worse than them. Mm. You're actually worse because you're directing all the distrust and the wrong information coming from this source, but then you are providing the Black community with your deception and Mm. your deceit Mm. just to make the money, and it has to stop. So this new wave of these herbalists and nutritionists and mm. doctors or whatever they are coming and they're very sophisticated mm. you know they got their terminologies right yeah, yeah, and, yeah and they and they you know they they they're sounding to the average person like whoa they're deep they know what they're mm. doing but they're charlatans yeah they're charlatans and they have to be stopped
2: mm.
0: yeah yeah i mean just to add to what you're saying, um, what you were just talking about just now, uh, there's a good analogy. I remember um, I'm massively into UFC, and there's one my favorite guy, who's probably like the best ever, the goat, is um, a guy called GSP. And he would often talk about he retired from MMA for about three and a half years because he said everybody was on steroids and they weren't testing. And he said, look, it's okay if you're on steroids and you're playing cricket. No one's going to die, you know, because right. you know you're hitting a ball in somewhere. when you're dealing with people's lives that's dangerous if i give someone steroids and he punches me he could kill me that's dangerous but it's okay in cricket or basketball or something you're not actually physically punching someone or something and that's the same with this to your point like it's okay you can be um professing something um when it isn't actually dangerous like you can profess to be the best music artist in the world and you know pretend to be a rapper okay all you'll do is sell records and it's not really necessarily going to kill anybody but When you actually profess to heal people and you're a charlatan, that's when it's dangerous because now you're actually
1: affecting people. And I love that analogy that you just used because you get a lot of rappers, I'm a gangster, and you know, they they live in a suburb or whatever. (laughs) And uh, technically, they're not really causing any harm. And you know, you've had some talented rappers that can really be lyrically like yourself back in the days and put some bars together, right? Mm. And be really entertaining, but they've never shot a gun They've yeah, never been yeah, a robbery, yeah. they never even had a fight. Yeah. But come on, who are they really harming? Who yeah. are they really harming? just
0: harmful fun, harmless fun? But yeah, what you're, you're saying give to your point, somebody
1: the... a and the worst thing is that when you give someone advice, that's also dangerous, right? Yeah, but when you actually now make a transaction of yeah. give me your money. Here's a supplement, or here's a solution. Yeah, a solution, and it's it's the physical, material thing that now they have to the intake, and you don't fully reveal what's in there. Yeah. They could have nut allergies. Yeah. They could have sensitivities to all types of herbs because yeah. people get under this, and this is another concept people have that all herbal medicine and all plants are healthy. There's toxic plants out there. Mm,
2: mm. Just be yeah.
1: Right. You could be toxic. You can have an allergic reaction that could be lethal, that could mm. actually cost you your life.
2: Yeah.
1: Certain plants. So you need to know exactly where you're taking. When you take it to that level just to make money, mm. then for me, you're worse than the government or the pharmaceutical. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, because people expect... There's a sort of tainted brush of the government. Most people see them as a commodity or a, a company. And so you have this disconnection to them. But when it's a person, you would normally think you could trust a person over a government because most people think the government's Absolutely. corrupt. So
2: Absolutely. yeah,
0: yeah. Like you said, it's it's um mistrust and it makes it harder for people like yourself that are trying to do your honest work. Um
1: I have full transparent like every like yeah. thing about mines on the website, all the ingredients. But people, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually took mine and got it tested, reversed, weird, right. and everything to see the potency of the iron or yeah. the international units for vitamin D three, right? Um, but people have actually taken my supplements and gone and done it privately as well, and come right. back and made testimonies. Like not right. testimonies about the health, just about the quality right. of the herbal medicine. To say, listen, this mm. does one what it says it does, but two everything in it is in it. There's no added ingredients. Mm. There's no surprises. And to me, that's the greatest testimony of all, you know, to have a product that you can stand on that is solid. And I thrive on that because I think that shows the integrity of myself and the company and my business partner, Coach Jesse, and what we have, Mm. you know, I've had other partners along the way of my travels that I've had Mm. to, leave and break away from for various reasons and a lot of that is because of the integrity because of not being transparent and Mm. I'm not gonna brush shoulders or put myself in those circles anymore Mm. so whether whether you know you hear this guy is the outcast in Atlanta or Boston or even the United States I'll be that outcast for us because Mm. I just want everybody to know black white yellow or pink or blue when you come to us and you sit before us or you take any of our medication, when I'm talking about medication, I'm talking herbal medicine because I don't want to be quoted. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Medicine, yeah. Medicine, right? Herbal medicine that what you see is what you're getting. Yeah.
2: yeah. What you
1: read is what's inside. Nothing more and nothing less, you know? And mm-hmm. go ahead, sir. No, no, go ahead, go ahead.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's what we thrive on, you know? Yeah. That, has, that, Being that transparent is and having that integrity is is worth more than gold.
0: Yeah. No, I was just going to say to your point as well is um, what you're talking about is um, opportunists. You know, a lot of people that are using these opportunities because they know people are desperate and um, manipulating the desperate desperation of people to create money that creates karmic law, and that's going to come back. You know, karmic law is something that is real, and um, so that's sad. So to kind of touch on that as well is um. Um, I just finished a business course recently, and and the guy that was talking teaching us was talking about um, trust versus authority in the right. business space and um, when he talks about low trust versus high trust and high trust is if what you say you 're doing is fulfilled, you know you say you 're going to help someone cure something or that your product is a certain way and it will get a certain result and it fulfills that role, then you build high trust right. And, what you were saying is that most of the world, when it comes to business, are actually in a different model. They're actually in high authority and low trust. And right. so he was explaining that authority cool. is how well you market yourself, how many people know who you are, how many followers you have, how much of an influence you are. That's it. Yeah, so they have high authority, they have high authority but low trust. And that's how they you know, build, you know, conning people and stuff. And so we have to do it the other way around, which as you right. said is high trust.
1: And we and we have to expose them, and and that's one of the beauty with my relationship that I have with Coach Jesse. There's a high level of trust mm. that we have. You know, mine's to her is a as an individual that has integrity. I mm-hmm. could trust this woman with my life, with everything, mm-hmm. and hers with mine is the same. But also, what I produce, mm-hmm. you know, she mm-hmm. is. She's trying to tested it, her family and everything. Man. I mean, she gives me all her family. <laughs> you know, right. And that I mean, I have to do a batch just for her and her family that is like separate from my clientele. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. to me, that's a compliment. Yeah, you know yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what you just said. That is that higher trust. Yeah. Not the higher authority. That's the higher trust. And I think that is such a well put. I love the way you put that across because. That's exactly what it is. And when you have a community that has no trust, Mm. right, they just look for authority. Mm. They look for... they Yeah, desperately, yeah. Desperately, and they're going to do it. And it's sad. And, 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 you know, it's something that we just have to tackle. And using the black thing, it really infuriates me. Using the black thing, they Mm. know what they're doing. Yeah. They know what they're doing, right? And I mean, they do it to a level of like, well, guess what? I wouldn't be here today if that was the case. If there was that, so, if there was a difference on the biological level of between a black person and a white person, I wouldn't be here because my mom's white and my dad's black. Mm. So how would I, you know, what what side would my body determine when I eat? Is it going hmm. to be like a white person or a black But You see what I'm, you know how mm. ridiculous that sounds? And then they come with, ah, brother, because your dad's black, he's got a dominant gene and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, but does it work in that way?
2: Mm.
1: And is there a difference between dominant and strong? Like mm. there's a dominant gene and then there's a strong gene. What's the difference? When you start questioning them like that, they, they look dumbfound because guess what you're doing? You're riding this bandwagon to sound deep, to mm. make money, mm. to make money, stop it, mm. stop mm. it. The mm. money's always going to come. Yeah. Money is always going to come. When you worry about money, you never have money. Yeah. Yeah. When you don't worry about money and you love what you do, mm. the universe has a way, whether, whether you're religious or not, whether mm. you believe in the Most High, like me and yourselves, or some form of uh, a God, Allah, Yahweh, Jehovah, mm. Krishna. We don't disrespect none of them. We hold respect and values to every one of those doctrines and schools of thoughts. But all of them will teach you the same principle. Mm. You're gonna get taken care of if you are doing what you love with a sincere heart and you have that integrity. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, there's some crazy black people out there that just think that they are who they are. Like they say, I'm God. Right. They say I'm, mm. I was sent here to heal, and no one, the plants taught to me. And I mean, mm. there are some stories out there I can give you, <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, out there that are yeah. out there. But yeah overall it's been a phenomenal journey i wouldn't change it for the world Mm. the good and the bad and um i'm just gonna keep this i'm gonna keep doing what i'm doing and you have been a very big inspirational mentor to me um and people like you and that's the company i love to keep
0: yeah yeah likewise man you're inspiring me i show my partner, some of your stuff, like you know, the video you put on Instagram with the dun 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 dun. I, dun, I knew you. Were the, you know Yeah, and you had um, you had the table with all of your supplements. I yeah.
1: showed friends, I was like, "Come on, look at this." I was like, "Wow, look at that." I was like, nah, "Listen," so and and I'm gonna remind you, you had Star Wars sneakers. Remember that?
3: <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm wearing
1: the Star Wars up right now. Right, right. <laughs> I remember when um, I think it was your mom's sister, that came from Trinidad. And oh she my brought, gosh, how do you remember all this stuff? And she, and she brought you black Star Wars trainers and you put them on, and you was like, I want to race everyone because i want to beat. And you beat everybody in the race that day. How do you
0: remember all this stuff, man? And you remember she stuff around, so well, jeez. She was
1: around 10 years old. Around 10 years old, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. And, uh, I remember jeez. How do you remember this yeah, stuff? I
1: remember when they came from Trinidad and that because your aunt, it was your mom's sister, and I think she had a daughter and a son.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and they were yeah.
1: with you and Donald, and that. And yeah, 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 yeah.
2: yeah. And
1: they brought you the black stars. Star yeah, 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 and, them, yeah, And that. So, when I did that, I mm. said to my son, like, do the video. And I said, I said, watch this. I said, Warren's going to <laughs> love this. And Brian, too. I was like, him and yeah, Brian. Yeah, yeah, are love yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. I was That's
0: like, damn. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, just a few more questions. Go ahead. just to wrap up um hopefully we'll we'll, you know finish about 10 15 minutes at the most so just um, obviously you kind of touched on this already um but for yourself like the role of being a black man in the wellness field kind of like um how has that been for you and then the second part of it is how have you been able to kind of create success in a saturated
1: market all right that's an excellent question um Being in the United States is totally different from the United Kingdom, okay? As a black man, it's totally different. Um, There's a lot more opportunity out here, but then you do come across a lot more hurdles and challenges. And I found, again, that being honest and having integrity has opened a lot of doors for me. A lot of doors. And the people I've interacted with, I've given them... That high level of trust, mm. not authority. Mm. So that has helped me tremendously.
2: Mm.
1: It's helped, I mean, I'm very blessed, Warren, very mm. blessed, mm. you know, with the opportunities, right. um, the doors that are open for me. I mean, I've got an open platform on like the Breakfast Club, on Sway. You know, like I said, Breakfast Club is like the biggest internet radio show, you know, out there, mm. right? Mm. Mm-hmm. The, the The people who run the breakfast club they they just they really really are very fond of myself and coach jesse so a lot of what I find is the number one commodity in the world is relationships. You have a good relationship with a bank manager guess what he 's going to go above and beyond to get you that mm-hmm.
2: loan.
1: You have a good relationship with an attorney he 's going to go above and beyond to keep you out of jail mm-hmm. you know um, so I find having a good relationship with everyone. And especially showing and teaching some of these white people that, you know what, we know what you've done and we know what you're capable of, but we're not scared and we're intelligent enough to meet you at your own level, at your own game. And that fear is gone. There's no disrespect, but it's a, it's, it's a feeling of confidence that you have to project and proudness of what you are. Like, I'm not going to be like one of those putting on dope chains and that I'm a nigger and this and that. No, I am an intelligent, educated black man yeah. that is here to stand up for my people the right way. A lot of people respect that. Mm. Second part to your question kind of blends into what I just said. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's having that, you know, I, I like the word integrity, but you've given me that new word, man, of um, higher trust. Mm. You know, high levels of trust. Um, you see, and I think, and I and you said this to the other day, but I'm gonna use it differently. You use it in a different scenario Congrats. and a different context. When the people, when when the outside world see black people, I think they have a stigma, you know, already of what to expect and mm-hmm. categories on where to put us, right? So when they see that someone who comes down as that breaks the mold of that. They're they're a bit scared or the surprise, but mainly scared. And what you have to instill is that what you are used to or what you're common to doesn't mean it's normal, doesn't mean that's what should happen, Mm. that's how you should feel. So you're very common and very used to putting us in these particular categories, whether it's a rapper or Mm. an actor or an athlete, et cetera. Yeah. When you see someone coming with medicine or science mm. from different fields, nutrition, herbal, etc., you're not familiar with that. And it makes you feel a bit uncomfortable. So I've been very successful in trying to bridge that gap and tear down those barriers. Mm. And I found that I've been welcomed. It's, it's, the doors have been open from all races. I I went I went to the other day, and it's a quick story. I went to the other day to look at a kung fu school in uh, Boston, in the place Cambridge where I'm staying, and that, and I started talking to the Chinese guy, and you know I said, yeah, what what style are you do? And he's doing he what well, we do, uh, Tai Chi. So I was like, okay, I, I like to come and you know thing that, and I said, you know, Sifu, and that, and he looked, and he saw me do that with my hands and bowed my head and said, Sifu. and then all of a sudden he was like, you know, because he, you know, these old Chinese people, they have this guard up at first, right? Yeah. yeah. Once I said that to him and I showed him that, that the hand okay. motion, yeah. he's like, wait there. And then he went away, came back with this paper of this little uh, brochure, mm. sat down and, you know, he talked to me for like 40 minutes. me about his kids and everything. Mm. So, mm. you know, I feel that, yeah, yeah, yeah me individually i feel i can go you drop me anywhere in this part of the world mm. on this planet i won't make it work
2: mm.
1: yeah i will to make it work
2: mm.
1: that's, that's cool man i'm gonna make it work i'm gonna make it work
0: um and then the last question before we talk about just the products and stuff um what's your health routine um what do you do to kind of you know, obviously it's important, as we spoke about at the start, to be what you represent, you know, become right. be your brand, embody your brand. Um, yeah. What's your kind of health routine that you use to kind of stay healthy?
1: So what I do, I, first of all, I stay away from negative people, right? I stay away <laughs> right, from yeah. negative people. I, I get up in the morning, I have my, my supplements, I have um, sometimes warm water with lemon, okay, um, or I'll have a bitters, so I can activate the enzymes yeah. within my gastrointestinal tract yeah. and all and that. Acid. Um, yep, exactly. I I do a, like a five to ten minute meditation giving gratitude right. to the universe, to my ancestors, and to nature, you know, and I try to do that if the weather permits with my feet on the ground to the sun and just just enjoy nature for that for like five, 10 minutes. And then I start off by doing a, I don't run no more than two miles,
2: oh. right?
1: I don't run no more than two miles. I go over my first to fifth set or, well, first to sixth set, sorry. Right. I try and do that as much as I can, much I can remember. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I do a lot of breathing exercises while I'm doing my martial arts. I do some training. I do saunas, steams, and then I have, Every day, without fail, a bowl of greens and salad, you know, mustard greens, dinosaur kale, arugula, uh, tomatoes, mm-hmm. tomatoes, you know, red onion, mm-hmm. Um, I have fruit, mango, watermelons. I drink a lot of water.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I also just keep happy, man. I listen to good music. I listen to our music of our era, you know, I, mm-hmm. I'm and older. Yeah, right.
2: yeah,
1: yeah. I try I try to really get a lot of sunlight um, and be in a good mood. And I have a wonderful woman, you know, that, that cooks great. You did an interview with her some while back, you know, Chantel B. Vegan. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. Got yeah. some great food. Um, I love my family to death and they're around me. It's, and that's a family business that I have. Mm. OK, my boys work for me and that. So wow. I'm just I'm just vibrate, and I find that
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know I do a lot of you know reading, and studying. But on a day to day basis, I'll have my sea moss. I will have um, my bowl of salad. Then I'll have some steamed vegetables. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the only way you could be healthy, and that's another stigma mm-hmm. out there. No, mm-hmm. The only way you could be healthy is um, being a vegan or plant based. Mm-hmm. No, you know, but that's just something I chose. Right. you know, or growing up. And I'm, and I'm also and, and I'm exploring. I'm looking at other things as well, mm. you know, because the more I find that I train intensity, then I find my body may be lacking in some fat or some protein or some fiber. And I might not able to get it from being a vegan. So I'm doing, I always use myself as a lab, right. as an experimentation, mm. but that's what I do. And I find having a clean heart, having good people around, doing some exercise, getting sunlight, reading, meditating, eating real food, stay away from processed food, man, mm-hmm. you know, leave those refined sugars, leave those the refined carbs, you know, leave it alone, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Stay away from those sweets, stay away from those cakes, wheat, gluten, mm-hmm. you know, um, ice cream, cheese, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Leave those things alone, stay away from them, you know, have real food, even even if you're not a vegan, but, you know, don't kill your food with deep fat frying and, you know, grilling and all that, steam it, bake it, Mm -hmm. you know, um, have a lot of vegetables, you know, incorporate vegetables of fruit and and super grains Mm -hmm. and that and not eating too much one or two meals a day sufficient, man. You don't need to have four or five meals a day, (laughs) you know. Um, Mm -hmm. and also incorporate some intimate fasting as well. Oh, okay. I I usually have my first meal around two o'clock and my last meal around seven, right? You know, and that, and um, yeah, and get a good night's sleep, man. And Mm. I mean, we're on laptops and cell phones and all that, all day, put them away, you know, out of the room, under the bed, in a case. Stay away from that blue light, you know, Mm. that interferes with your melatonin, you know, Mm. melatonin, right? You don't want to deplete that. That helps you to sleep. Also, it helps to repair your DNA. So Mm. you want to keep that that steroid or that hormone functioning. So get some good night's sleep. Try to get at least, I would say, you know, anything from six to eight hours. But when your body's well-rested, you feel better. And when you get up in the morning, that's the first thing you should feel, vibrant
0: you know yeah get yeah yeah there's so you're many people that take an hour to get ready like,
1: I'm still tired or I'm sluggish and all that. that's yeah. an indication of things not going yeah. right hey
0: guys so I hope you enjoyed that amazing podcast with my brother obviously as you know you could see from the um the broadcast we've known each other for a long time and it was just nice for me to be able to see him flourish and I kind of just start by also expressing that it kind of cut right at the end um, basically the last five minutes of the call we weren't able to edit correctly and so um, you know we're calling from he's in America and I'm in the UK so we had a few technical difficulties there but it was literally just the last five minutes So we were literally just wrapping up and he was just giving details of how people can contact him and stuff. So he didn't miss much. I'm going to get him back on so we can do another podcast at some point because there's many other things that he wanted to share that we want to kind of go through as well. I just want to kind of say as well that um, Dr. Amon um, you can catch him on his website, which is thedetoxnow.com. Thedetoxnow.com. And he's, one of his new products that he's brought out recently is the new Endo Kit, which is called Endo, E-N-D-E-N-D-O, which he's brought about to address the common problems relating to endometriosis, which women who are familiar with that situation will be aware of. It's very painful and it predominantly only affects women. So he's brought out a new product for that. And so, yeah, you know, you can catch him on on his Instagram as well, which is Dr. Amun Neb. Dr. Amun, which is A-M-U-N Neb, N E N E B. So you can catch him there. And, you know, I'm so grateful for him to be in my life. We've known each other, like I said, a long time. And it's just um, beautiful to see him transforming and growing his brand in such an amazing way. And, yeah, so, you know, hopefully you, you got a lot of that podcast. And, again, share it with people if you can. And um, as I say, if you didn't like it, it's a secret. But if you loved it, share it. So for me, uh, my next um, group coaching program will be expansion, which is August the 27th, 2022. And that will be a six-month deep dive into all things relating to health, well-being, business marketing from a spiritual point of view, and getting you to understand how to evolve yourself. So I do this a lot. I coach a lot of coaches. So there's a saying that, Good coaches need coaches. Great coaches have coaches. And so I've been coaching a lot of coaches for the last, well, maybe the last 10, 15 years But I moved it into group coaching um, formats from about four years ago and they're very popular. And, you know, the unified mind creates expansion, proximity creates expansion. And so everybody holds each other accountable. So I'm going to be doing the next expansion by the time this um, podcast drops, it'll probably be a week or two after that. So that will be six months. And then after that, I'm also running my Ascension Masterclass, which is a six-week group coaching program, which will be around October, November, 2022. All the information's on the website. And just again, stay healthy, happy, hold. If you want to reach out, go to coaching.com. If you want to be a guest, or if you know people that you think should be a guest on my podcast, by all means, drop me a line. Info at warrenwilliamscoaching.com. Until next time guys, stay healthy, happy holding whole being health.